Penn State is number 14 in the latest AP Top 25 rankings. That's still too low. Find out why on today's Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me as we talk a lot of Penn State football today. In this show, we're going to start off with looking back at the Auburn game from Saturday. Again, Penn State thumped them 41-12 to and get you the latest news and notes, plus I'm going to tell you why the comparisons with Nicholas Singleton and Saquon Barkley need to stop. And then we're going to take a look at the remainder of Penn State's schedule. Now, they play Central Michigan this Saturday, and we're going to have the preview later on in the week. But Penn State's schedule is shaping up really, really nicely. Let's look back at Auburn. Penn State continues to be very effective inside the red zone. They're actually perfect. If you notice, Penn State ran for five touchdowns against Auburn and the Lions converted all five of the red zone opportunities. Now that makes Penn State 11 for 11 in the red zone through three games, nine touchdowns and two field goals. Then you have the turnover component. Penn State forced four takeaways against Auburn, four turnovers, but they also protect the ball. They're not turning it over. The Nittany Lions has turned it over just once. It was that pick six from Sean Clifford, and let me explain that a little bit. Because that wasn't a bad ball from Sean Clifford. Yeah, it is, because it turned into a pick six and a touchdown for Purdue. But that wasn't Sean Clifford just being completely inaccurate. The way the offense is set up is somebody made the wrong read. The X receiver, which is Mitchell Tinsley, has an option route every single play. So he could be running one of two routes. Sean Clifford was expecting him to run a route or Mitchell Tinsley was expecting the ball at a certain cut. Either way, it was a pick six, but that is a lone turnover. If you've noticed, Penn State doesn't put in this, they haven't put this football on the ground. It hasn't even gotten into the hands, like past deflections or anything else. Sean Clifford has been very clean with the football. He's thrown for five touchdowns, has run for three scores, and he's completing just under 64% of his passes. I mean, that's incredible considering that they've won two Power 5 games on the road against Purdue and Auburn, respectively. The Nittany Lions rushed for five touchdowns against Auburn, as mentioned. Those five rushing touchdowns were the most since 2019 in the Cotton Bowl against Memphis. And entering the game, Auburn had only allowed one rushing touchdown in the last seven games. Freshman Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen each scored two touchdowns. Singleton had the 54-yard touchdown and those big runs of 53 yards. Devin Ford also had a 30-yard rush, if you remember that one late in the game. And then on defense, the four turnovers that Penn State forced. The Nittany Lions recovered two fumbles and had the two interceptions. Jair Brown forced a fumble, recording an interception. The turnover king, Zachy Wheatley, recorded his first interception. And then Chop Robinson and Jonathan Sutherland each recorded a fumble. And Robinson and Abdul Carter each forced a fumble. So what a game by the Penn State defense. In yesterday's show, I mentioned that Manny Diaz's true defense had come alive. 
they were saving all of their best game plans for Auburn. They dialed it back against Purdue and, of course, Ohio, but they wanted all the big guns to come out against Auburn, and that's exactly what happened. So just a little more, just some notes on how incredible this Penn State win was against Auburn and what these trends mean for the Penn State team, a team that last year couldn't run the ball to save their lives. They had no chance. They were throwing bubble screens on first down and 10 to try to get four or five yards. That's how desperate they were. Now they're 11 for 11 inside the red zone. Just one turnover offensively by a quarterback that has been so heavily criticized over his time at Penn State. Nicholas Singleton is the Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Again, second consecutive time. Singleton's 334 rushing yards are Penn State's most in the first three games in a season since Larry Johnson's 362 in 2002. So that's how good Singleton has been. And those two freshman running backs, Allen and Singleton, each scored those two touchdowns since at least 2000. They are the only Penn State freshman to both score two rushing touchdowns in a game. More accolades, more history, and they're only freshmen to start the their freshman chance. Jair Brown with the two forced turnovers, named Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Doesn't share it with anybody, all on his own. And then Penn State has moved up to the 14th spot in the AP Top 25, 15th in the coaches poll. Ole Miss is ranked above them in the coaches poll. I, Penn State needs to be in the top 10. Why, why are they barely in the top 15? They need to be in the top 10. Just because they started the season unranked doesn't mean anything to me. Penn State is the only team with two Power 5 road wins, Purdue and Auburn. Utah, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Tennessee, and NC State are the teams that are all ranked higher in, in both with Ole Miss in the coaches' poll. You mean the Utah team that, that is 2-1 that lost to Florida? You mean the Oklahoma State team that had a close game with Central Michigan and played teams like Arkansas Pine Bluff? You mean the Arkansas team that barely beat an FCS Missouri State team at home that was trailing by two scores in the fourth quarter? That team is ranked higher than Penn State. You mean the NC State team that would have lost to East Carolina had it not been for two missed field goals by that team's kicker. I'll give Tennessee credit. They beat Pittsburgh at Acrisure Stadium. Credit where credit is due. But NC State, Utah, Oklahoma State, and Arkansas have no business being ahead of Penn State. Penn State is the only team right now with two Power 5 road wins. They have been the ones daring to travel, to play a Big Ten team to open the season and not be like Michigan, who has a, a three-week preseason. Michigan set the record or set a school milestone for 50 points per game scored uh, in three games. Yeah, when you're playing a high school JV team week in and week out, you're probably going to do that. Penn State's been the one to challenge themselves, to do it early in the season, and they get those games right in there. They deserve to be higher than 14th. I would go as high as 10 because I think Utah with the one loss should be below them. Penn State's 3-0, Utah's 2-1. Oklahoma State hasn't played anybody respectable. Central Michigan's one of those teams. And Central Michigan finished the game within two touchdowns. 
They played Arkansas Pine Bluff and didn't look that good. Arkansas was nearly beaten by Missouri State at home. Now, fun fact about that game, Bobby Petrino, a former Arkansas coach, is now the head coach at Missouri State. So he got them boys ready to go play the Razorbacks in a little bit of a revenge game, and it almost worked. I was rooting for Missouri State. There's nothing better than an upset like that. Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois. I'm still excited about that game. And they had no business beating Northwestern in Evanston, yet somehow they did. Speaking of Northwestern, Penn State is going to kick off at 3.30 for the Big Ten home opener. And the Nittany Lions, they don't open the season in the Big Ten. It's been 13 years, 12 out of the last 13 years, Penn State has opened the Big Ten schedule on the road. And it's just a continuation of that trend. Nevertheless, October 1st, that's Saturday, it's a 3.30 kick between Penn State and Northwestern. And this was something really neat. Remember when former New York Giants and two-time Super Bowl champion Eli Manning was seen around campus? He announced the scholarship for Barney Amore. Now the episode is out. Eli's places on ESPN+. Plus. They had a little bit of a teaser going around online. And it's him talking with head coach James Franklin and going through a walk-on tryout. And James Franklin's like, well, you're going to be a big distraction. Everybody's going to know who you are. And Eli Manning says, let me worry about that. And he disguises himself as a fake quarterback. I would highly recommend, if you can, go watch that. I, it's, it's funny. He disguises himself as Chad Powers, and everyone's just like, why is this dude acting so weird? But he's got a good ball. He's got a nice spiral. But why is he acting so weird? And then eventually he reveals himself to be Eli Manning. And everybody's just, oh. Back to Penn State football schedule. Penn State opens as a 26.5 point favorite against the Chippewas of Central Michigan for this Saturday. Total set at 60.5. I think that's fair. The spread for Ohio was 24. So you just add a couple extra points here. And I think Penn State obliterates them now. We'll have that official preview later on in the week, Penn State Central Michigan preview. But the Nittany Lions are going to dominate that game. It would be wise to take the Penn State spread. I'm just going to say that. Today's Locked on Nittany Lions is sponsored by Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning back thanks to Upside. I use Upside at the gas station. It's super easy to use, and it's not just good to be true. It works. To get started, download the free Upside app, use my promo code LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next... Claim an offer from whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit card or debit card, and get paid. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Thank you so much for joining me as we continue our conversation with Penn State football. And 
I'm guilty of it. A lot of people are guilty of it. Making comparisons between Nicholas Singleton and Saquon Barkley. And how could you not? Singleton has emerged on the scene as a true freshman. He has the big plays. He showed that immediately in the Ohio game. Showed a little bit of flash against Purdue, but the running game wasn't working that well against the Boilermakers. That's fine. But had the big touchdown runs against Ohio. Did it again against Auburn. Comparable talent. So now the comparisons are warranted. Oh, he's the next Saquon Barkley. Since I've been guilty of it, I'm going to want everyone to pump the brakes with me. Nicholas Singleton is Nicholas Singleton, and Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley. I know that's boring, but it's just the truth. These two running backs at the base are very different, and Singleton might become close to what Saquon Barkley had in terms of production throughout his career at Penn State. Because if you remember, it was Akeel Lynch was the starting running back. And Saquon Barkley had to wait a few weeks before he really burst onto the scene. Whereas Nicholas Singleton did it in week two. It took Barkley maybe a couple more weeks, a few more weeks, if you remember that. But Barkley didn't have that instant home run ability that Singleton did. And that's why they're different. Singleton actually has more of the home run ability than Barkley did right out of the gate. But then you remember, who remembers the Rose Bowl run? The USC against USC, where Barkley is stuck in the backfield, bounces it to the outside, stutter steps, cuts back in, and then he's off to the races, gets a great block from Chris Godwin. And that was one of the, probably the best runs I have seen in college football. But that was what Saquon Barkley is so good at. Nicholas Singleton is good at finding a lane and getting to the outside and turning on the burners. Singleton hasn't done that yet, where he's trapped in the backfield and he's got to find a lane. Saquon Barkley was always great at making nothing into something. Now, this isn't to discredit anything that Singleton has done. I don't want to take away that the two, like he's been named Big Ten Freshman of the Week, back-to-back weeks. That is unprecedented. But to compare him and say that he's Saquon Barkley, Saquon Barkley had 30, 40 touches in a game for Penn State and was the focal game plan to get involved. Think of Iowa, for example. That walk-off touchdown to Jawan Johnson. Who set that up? Saquon Barkley having the game of his life for Penn State. I think it's a little more accurate until Singleton goes through that kind of workload where he's going to carry the ball 20, 25, maybe get 30 touches, be involved in the passing game, asked to do a little more on third down in terms of pass blocking. That's when you can say, okay, these two are a little more comparable. And I know you have the resume of Barkley versus what Singleton has done, but that's why Nicholas Singleton is Nicholas Singleton. He has the potential to be even greater, believe it or not, But to say that he's directly Saquon Barkley is a little bit of disservice to Saquon. I think it's fair to compare this current backfield of Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen to Journey Brown and Noah Kane. Vintage Noah Kane. When Journey Brown was playing, he was that home run threat. And he hit a lot of triples and doubles along the way if he wasn't scoring the big touchdown. That is what Nicholas Singleton offers in this year's team. Catron Allen, fat man, as he's nicknamed, 
Same thing that Noah Kane did when Noah Kane was his vintage self before the knee surgery, and it stinks. The leg injury has taken a gear away from Noah Kane. He's down at LSU, but he hasn't really done all too much. He scored a touchdown for them, but he hasn't really been a focal point in the offense for the Tigers. When Brown and Noah Kane were splitting carries, you had Brown breaking off the big runs and then Noah Kane getting the five, six yards, being able to weave his way through zones in the defense. That's what we saw with Catron Allen against Auburn. Remember, he had nine carries. He had 50-plus yards. He had two touchdowns. He was active around the goal line. And then Singleton had the 54-yard touchdown. So right now, these two freshmen... They might even, they're going to get better. They're going to be even greater. But an accurate comparison is not Saquon Barkley and Miles Sanders. Right now, it's Journey Brown to Noah Kane because that's the way that the offensive philosophy is. It is to have a balanced backfield. It's to have a yin and a yang. It's to have good carries at, to capitalize on the talents of what these guys are best at. Singleton is good at getting into the open field and just blazing past everyone. Allen is really good at finding the tight lanes when there really isn't any and getting four-plus yards guaranteed when you need it most. Journey Brown and Noah Kane did that in that 2019 season, and think about that. They did not return in 2020. Noah Kane went down with the injury, and Journey Brown had to medically retire. So when you think about that 2020 Penn State team, that should have been 7-2 and two in that COVID season of nine Big Ten games. When you think about it, Ohio, Ohio State was a tough one. That team should have been around that record. But you lost your two best assets to start the season in 2020. And then you just really didn't recover after that. Like I said, Brown had to medically retire. He didn't play in 2021 last year. Noah Kane lost a step from the surgery. And it's a shame, but now Penn State finally has that balance back. And Singleton and Allen, just let them be who they are. They're really good, and they're going to be a tandem that hopefully is one of the most remembered in Penn State history. Next, we're going to look around the Big Ten and compare Penn State in the standings, plus take a look at that schedule. It's all next on Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. Penn State is currently tied for first in the Big Ten East. Tied with Indiana, believe it or not. Indiana has a win over Illinois in that Big Ten East versus West crossover game. So the Hoosiers and the Nittany Lions are at the top of the Big Ten East if the season ended today. The West looks miserable. As usual, Northwestern losing to an FCS team, Purdue. That was a good quality win in the blackout game for the Nittany Lions, but Purdue is struggling. They've lost back-to-back. They just lost to Syracuse. They blew a late lead against Syracuse with about 50 seconds in the game. Wisconsin lost to Washington State. It's whoever comes out of the Big Ten East is going to either the college football playoff or the Rose Bowl or whatever have you. It is not going to be a team from the Big Ten West. The only team that I respect is actually Minnesota. The Golden Gophers and Penn State has them in the whiteout. Since Ohio State is supposed to be rumored a noon game and they don't want to make the whiteout a noon kickoff, that's why Penn State chose to have Minnesota 
as the whiteout the week before Ohio State. And the decision is justified. The Golden Gophers probably should win the Big Ten West. They are going to be a tough opponent when October 22nd rolls around. So this is how Penn State's schedule maps out for the rest of the season. You have Central Michigan this Saturday, Northwestern by. It goes easy, tough, easy. They got to get through the easy stretch, make sure the team is healthy, just work on the little things and keep consistent. Northwestern lost to an FCS team that had no wins in Southern Illinois. That is going to be a very easy game. The bye week might be tougher than Northwestern. Then you have the tough stretch out of the bye week. So the bye week actually couldn't come at a better time. At Michigan, who is currently number four in the country at the time of this podcast. Minnesota at home in the whiteout. And then Ohio State the following week in the stripe out. Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State. Those are basically your conference contenders right there from the east and the west. Your conference contenders in back-to-back-to-back weeks. I hate to bring this up as good news for the competition, but the Golden Gophers did lose their top receiver in Chris Ottman-Bell. A six-year senior, suffered a leg injury in the 49-7 win against Colorado. That stings for Minnesota but obviously it helps out Penn State and other teams that have to play the Golden Gophers. Minnesota gets back Kirk Scirocco. They brought him back. Everybody knows that he came in for the 2020 season, couldn't really find a niche here at Penn State, and James Franklin and the staff agreed, you know, hey, maybe we should just move on from each other. It's just not going to work here. And it's unfortunate circumstances because I thought the Scirocco hire was really good at the time. It wasn't a fit. Now he's back in Minnesota with P.J. Fleck, and those two have a really good relationship, and the offense looks pretty similar to the way it did in 2019 when Penn State went out to Minnesota, and they ended up losing that game. Minnesota scored over 30 points in that game. The Golden Gophers are going to be a tough team. I think the whiteout environment definitely helps for that game when it rolls around. And then to finish the season, you have Maryland, Rutgers, And a Michigan State team that I think is severely overrated right now. If Penn State can get through that tough stretch of games with Michigan, Minnesota, and Ohio State with a win, maybe two, this is a really successful season. My prediction for the season was 10-2. and I thought they were going to have a tough time with Michigan and Ohio State. They beat Minnesota. The whiteout environment helps. And they're just frankly better. If that was a neutral site game, I would take Penn State over Minnesota. I think the result would be closer. But being at home, being in Beaver Stadium definitely helps. Not going to pass that up as an advantage. But Ohio State's at home. And I think Michigan is actually a very winnable game. Auburn and Michigan share similar traits and strengths. If Penn State was able to do that against Auburn out of the SEC, that definitely means they can compete with a Michigan team. But it's on the road. They played in tough environments. The blackout at Purdue, the orange out at Auburn, they're ready for it. It's a maze out at Michigan. Be original, folks. So Penn State's going to go to its third color out against Michigan October 15th. That becomes a winnable game based on what we've seen so far. But if Penn State can get through that stretch, they can be on cruise control through Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State to finish the season. 
this team really does have the potential to finish 11-1. and Whether that's you shock Ohio State at home in Beaver Stadium with an incredible crowd environment in the stripe out, or you go and surprise Michigan on the road. I think one of those actually just becomes a little more of a toss-up. Leaning Michigan, just because I think Ohio State's very good with the assets that they have. C.J. Stroud, Heisman quarterback. I, I hate saying positive things about the Buckeyes anytime I have to. But those are two tough games. But you flip one of those to a win now, and you, th- you start to think about it. Hey, maybe Penn State has a shot in the Big Ten East. Because think about this, if Penn State were to beat Ohio State or Michigan and then one of those two teams were to lose against each other, that helps in the conference standings and getting to the Big Ten championship game. Penn State's win over Ohio State that year in the Big Ten was the reason they were able to get into the championship game as the team out of the East because they held the tiebreakers. So you got to win one of those games between Michigan and Ohio State if you want a shot at the Big East and then the championship game out in Indianapolis. And speaking of the Big Ten, know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Zach Seiko, your new Locked On Nittany Lions host. Tomorrow, I'll react to James Franklin's press conference and much more here on Locked On Nittany Lions.